0: On the throw to first base, and the Royals have tied the game.
1: For the very best in baseball, this is the place you want to be. Welcome in everybody. Today is Tuesday, August the twenty fifth, and we've got a crossover episode for you guys today. I'm Lucas Smith, host of Locked On Cardinals, and I'm joined by Ryland Stiles, host of Locked On Royals. How are you doing today, Ryland? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, last night's game ended up being a little bit more farther apart than I thought it would be. Um, nine to three, Cardinals with the win. But you know, before we get into that, um, Car- the Kansas City Royals seem to be playing. You know, eleven and. Seventeen going into that. What's kind of been
0: the, the Royals, you know, mo up to
1: this point of the season?
0: Uh, well, it hasn't been good. They they've been surprisingly good out of the bullpen. They've gotten a Greg Holland resurgence a little bit. Trevor Rosenthal uh, coming onto the scene as one of the best relievers on the market right now, so he's in high demand. Uh, Scott Barlow's stepped up pretty well from that bullpen, but in their lineup. Uh, they've been missing pieces all year long. You know, Once you finally get your full lineup back, then Perez goes to the IL uh, this weekend. Uh, and just some guys have not performed to their expectation level, uh, like, a, like an Alberto Mondesi. They've left guys on base. They're one of the worst teams uh, with, with guys in scoring position and leaving guys on base. They, they strike out a ton. They don't walk. So, it hasn't been good this season at any facet. Uh, you know, their only real bright spot on the mound has been, from a starting pitcher perspective, has been Brad Keller, who got lit up last night. And, and then they have the two young guys called up already, Brady Singer and Chris Boo, which have been fun to watch. But still, they're rookies, so they're trying to, you know, navigate this landscape, this MLB landscape and, and They've gotten a few tough games on them, but they've also done some really good things to where uh, they point to the fact that they're going to be part of your future uh, and, on, and on the rotation once the team wants to, get, once the team, once the team wants to compete again. Uh, so uh, it's been a mixed bag. I mean, there's some stretches where they look good. There's some stretches where they look terrible. And that's kind of what we expected from this season.
1: Yeah, you had a young team and a former cardinal manager, and might be thinning. Well, I want to talk about that in a little bit later on. Um, but what did you see differently from Brad Keller last night? You know, he gave up five runs in just four innings. He hadn't given up a run in seventeen innings and you know, three starts before. What, what was different last night about his about his uh, re- repertoire?
0: I think that he just did not have his command. Really, that slider has normally been a devastating pitch uh, for him to use, and he just it just felt like he didn't have. Uh, his, his commander didn't have his his uh, pitch mix very well uh, and some of that can be attributed to not having Perez back there uh, it, maybe he's more comfortable with Perez but it just felt like he didn't have his stuff last night and that was the first bad start of his uh, entire season so far I mean it just that was just one clunker and still his ERA is just 2.8 so I, I really like uh, what Brad Keller done this season as a whole I think that yesterday was just just a bad game and, and those happen
1: yeah, it was, didn't really, you know, escape him until the, the fifth inning. He was able to keep the Cardinals. You know, they scored the first run without registering a hit. You, know, you, you mentioned the walks have been hurting. But uh, what were your impressions of that game as it got into the fifth inning and as you kind of saw the lead escape Kansas City? Because I just thought the Cardinal offense put together a good at-bats. I don't know what, what you saw.
0: Yeah, I think that the Cardinals offense just did exactly what they had to do, and Kansas City's offense did. And, and, and that's kind of yeah. the easiest way to put it. And, and then once, you know, as a Royals fan, once you look at the series – Uh, I felt like they were going to get swept now because, uh, you know, you have Matt Harvey going today and we'll we'll preview the rest of the series, I'm sure later, but you have Matt Harvey going today. You you have probably a bullpen day on Wednesday, which could turn into two straight bullpen days because who knows how long Matt Harvey can last uh, in that starters role. if He can go more than four or five innings. So, you know, the Brad Keller, that game was the game you needed to get. Sadly for the Royals, they had Jack Flaherty going against them and carving up (laughs) their uh, not so good lineup. So, that's just the way it goes. But as we got later on that game, after that fifth inning, I just assumed, well, they're going to get swept this series.
1: Yeah, I, I talked about in my show uh, yesterday that if the Cardinals can win the first game, a sweep looks pretty good with the way the Kansas City pitching was lined up after that. Um, you mentioned Jack Flaherty. He only struck out three, and he's kind of limited by, by the pitch count. Um I talk about him all the time or at least try to in terms of my show and he just looked dominant last night um you know there's really almost no, not a lot you can say about Flair other than the fact that he's been dominant since the all-star break last year um uh, but I, I thought that he looked really good last night in his limited uh, appearance Alex Reyes I thought that he you know he looked okay other than the air that, that was behind him and Cardinal bullpen just looked really good as it always has and um, was there a certain, certain turning point of the game for you, or was it really just that fifth inning that you were like, okay, this, this game's pretty much over after the five-run fifth?
0: Yeah, I, I think that it was probably that fifth inning because, you know, you look at the offense struggling against Flaherty, and that's uh, – although the offense has been bad all year long, uh, specifically against Flaherty, that's not really something you can, uh, you know, uh, hold against them because, right. as you mentioned, he's been on fire for the better half of, of a year now, and he's been one of the best pitchers in baseball uh, since the All-Star break last year. And so, after they gave up a huge run, though, I knew that this offense could not produce enough runs to mount that comeback. They're just not a, a, a team that scores runs in bunches. So, I knew it was over at that point. But yeah, I, I just think it was after that fifth inning that's whenever things started to turn. Because before that, I, I couldn't hold anything against them from the offensive side because they were getting you know dotted up by the best pitcher in baseball, or one right. of the best I mean, in baseball.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, credit to them though. At least credit to Jorge Soler. Dude had a tape measure shot in that in that sixth inning. I've always loved Solaire, even when he was on the Cubs. Uh, I thought that he had the right tools to to be a star
0: in this game. I just don't think he gets enough national attention. Do you? I think that that's part of it. I think that, He's just a, a typical power hitter to the extreme. Uh, he, I think he doesn't get enough credit for the amount of walks he can get uh, because for a power hitter uh, and for a guy that's really, really an all-or-nothing type of hitter, he does draw more walks that, than you would assume. Uh, but, but, yeah, I think that a lot of that has to do with he's no longer playing in Chicago. If he was putting up these numbers in Chicago and in the middle of that Cubs lineup, uh, yeah. then it would get talked about a lot more. Uh, but he is so hot and cold that this team – can't stay afloat whenever a power hitter goes to those strikeout streaks. Uh, whereas if he was still with that Cubs lineup, they probably could manage that a lot better and, and the team would be winning and be more relevant and then he would get on the spotlight even more. But but yeah, what he did last year, I think, uh, didn't get talked about nearly enough, especially doing that at Kaufman Stadium. I mean, this is not... Doing it at Yankee Stadium in a band box, or or at the Crawford Boxes in, in uh, Houston. This is at Kauffman Stadium, and he was able to lead the league uh, in home runs. So I think that that didn't get talked about nearly enough. Uh, and you're, you're seeing him start to pick it back up at the plate uh, right now.
1: Yeah, I, I've I've always loved his his skill set, and another guy that's getting hot for St. Louis is Paul Goldschmidt. I mean, he was three for four last night. Hit a hit a bomb to left center um, in the sixth inning after Solaire hits his home run. I just think if Paul Goldschmidt gets going and the rest of this offense is kind of just, even just mediocre, because this offense, you know, doesn't really jump out at you as, Oh, this, this, this is going to, this offense, that's going to get 12 runs or 12 hits tonight and, and, you know, score seven, eight, five or seven, eight, nine runs. But if, if Paul Goldschmidt continues to, to see the ball, like he is, he walked once last night, he's been on base at least two times the last five games for St. Louis. I just think that that's a scary, it, it can be a scary offense. If you look at it in bunches. Um, but I think bottom line Cardinals it was just one of those offensive nights. You mentioned Kansas City has had some streaky nights um, offensively. Cardinals have done the same thing, especially after the 17-day layoff. So I think uh, this is just one of those nights that St. Louis was able to, to score a bunch of runs and, and, and win the game, and that is, that is what it is. Uh, but, but let's move on to tonight's game. you got Matt Harvey against Adam Wainwright. Matt Harvey is an interesting character. Uh, only went three innings in his last start. What, what were your impressions whenever they uh, acquired Harvey?
0: So whenever they acquired Harvey, I just assumed, I think like everyone that, you know, this because it, it was a two-year deal, so he didn't have to play this year. They would, they would still be able to work him out of the satellite camp. I assumed that they were going to take it slow, and they were going to, uh, you know, not, not have him pitch this year. If they did have him pitch, it would be way later in the season uh, because really the only incentive to pitch him early uh, would be to trade him, and you're not going to give him – he's not going to have enough sample size by Sunday, even if he pitched lights out, you know, lights out in his first start, which he did not. Uh, you know there there would have been enough sample size for a team to want to make an investment in him uh, to where i thought that they were just going to slow play it and maybe he gets one start this year late in the year and then he comes back in spring training and tries to prove it for next season uh that he's fully back after after you know nurturing that arm uh so it was a little bit of, of a surprise to me that they called him up but but we kind of heard that rumor a week beforehand to where it kind of lessened the surprise but uh you know once he got up to Kansas City it was pretty clear that he still is working through those issues he's not fully healthy he's not fully back to even half of what he was in new york and i think that today can be a real test for him because if he if he goes out there and just looks like an incompetent pincher again Uh, to me it tells me that his arm is still hurt because we know that if he's healthy he can at least look competent out there so I mean he's not going to carve you up like he did in New York but he can at least be a serviceable pitcher if his arm is healthy I think if he gets carved up again against this Cardinals lineup which you mentioned that's been streaky that doesn't have a lot of bats in it then they the Royals really need to evaluate what they can do with him in the sense of rehab and getting him ready for next year so to where this signing is a it's, it's, it's a high, it's a high reward, low risk signing. There's literally no risk signing Matt Harvey. No one cares. you sign Matt Harvey, but if you want to maximize the reward, you can get back. He needs to be good next year to trade him at the deadline next year and get a flyer prospect back for him. So I, I do wonder what they're going to play it out as if he is uh, bad again in today's start. So, so this is going to be an interesting game to watch for me. And then again, if he can't go that long and you've got to dip into that bullpen and have a bullpen day today, plus a bullpen day tomorrow, uh, it's going to be weird to see because they might, Uh, activate Jacob Junis tomorrow to start him that's still up in the air right now we'll see how that all transpires but the Matt Harvey start today is going to be an important one for the series you really need to get over to builtbar.com right now and order yourself a box of built bars built bars is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar it is the best protein bar On the market. It's great for pre-workout. It's great for post-workout. It's great for even a meal replacement. It's even great for the keto diet. That is everything that you need in a protein bar. It's low calorie. It's low sugar. It's high protein, high fiber. And again, great for the keto diet. And now with a redesign and a rebranding of Built Bar, they also added six new flavors. From caramel brownie to cookies and cream to cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Built Bar, I cannot recommend them enough. I, I really can't. They've sent free samples over. They are fantastic. You need to try yourself some Built Bars because right now, if you go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get $10 off that next order. That's $10 off your next order at BiltBar.com with promo code LOCKEDON. And while supplies last with that order, you're going to get a free cooler with every purchase. So go on, go on over to builtbar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, get $10 off that next order. Again, that's just $10 off, period. It's not your first order. If you've ordered before, go ahead and go back there and cash in that LOCKEDON promo code. That way you can get $10 more off your next order of BuiltBar.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's... It... I don't know. Matt Harvey for me is just one of those guys that might just not have it anymore, and you know it's easy for me to say it's a twenty-year-old who can't throw a baseball ninety you know, ninety miles an hour. But it seems to me like he just needs to kind of find something else to do because he just doesn't seem to have it like he used to. Um, but for St. Louis, you have a very different type of pitcher, uh, Adam Wainwright, going for his third start. Um, he in his last start against Cincinnati, he was like that prototypical. All right, I'm gonna start rough, but I'm gonna I'm gonna even it out. Uh, he retired the last 15 Reds he saw. This dude's he turns 39 or turned 39 recently. He, he's just a workhorse for St. Louis. He's like the definition of a, of a workhorse. He's been around a very long time. Came up in 0- 06, um, and he, he just looks really good. I mean, the, the book on him is pretty simple. He's gonna throw a curveball a lot. I mean, his curveball is good. He throws it a lot for a reason. Um, he has the capability, like we saw, against a pretty good Reds offense to retire 15 in a row. We'll see what he can do against the Kansas City offense tonight. Um, what's, what's your prediction for tonight's game, Ryland? You
0: know, I, I just don't trust Matt Harvey's arm. I really don't. And I don't know how much more the Royals are going to want to throw Trevor Rosenthal, You know how they're going to want to manage their bullpen. I think you can see uh, tonight being a Matt Harvey game to where whatever happens, you just let him go. Because I think that tomorrow – you're probably going to start Ian Kennedy and activate Jacob Junis to have Junis follow an opener in Ian Kennedy, uh, just like they had planned to before Junis had back spasms and went to the IL. Uh, So I think that today is really a Matt Harvey day. If he's good, great. If he's bad, well, he's going to have to suffer through it until we get to that fifth, sixth inning. And then from there, you can turn it over to the bullpen, but I, I hope that doesn't have another short start in this one. Uh, I, again, I think that after you locks with Brad Keller on the mound, whenever you turn it over to Matt Harvey and then a possible bullpen day, possibly Jacob Junis day, uh, the sweep is looking incredibly likely. I don't think that you can win this game today. And then tomorrow will depend on what you do from a pitching standpoint. If you, if you have Junis, uh, Junis has performed pretty well this year. So maybe he can uh, savage a game in this, in this series and you don't get swept. Uh, but uh, I think that it all depends on tomorrow's game. So I think that this game against Wainwright uh, is, is not going to go very well.
1: Well, I tend to agree. Uh, I said if the Cardinals could, could win the first two, I like their chances against the bullpen game um, on Wednesday. So I tend to agree with your, or, you know, recognition of tonight's game. Before we get into tomorrow's game, just, you know, this I-70 series has always been interesting for St. Louis. It seems, you know, it's it's one of those series that it's always seems to be competitive a lot of the times. What have your impressions been of Mike Matheny as a manager? And I know it's kind of an awkward first year for any manager, but especially for Mike Matheny, what have your impressions been of him as his first year as a Royal?
0: Well, uh, you know, he, he's done some things that, that you don't agree with all the time. I Like like he had Mondesi batting high on the order for a lot of this year. That was just didn't make any sense at all. Uh, but I, I, I will say the best thing I can say about Mike Matheny, and, and I truly mean this, is that he has not given any coach speak he has he has truly put his money where his mouth is because since January, before we knew it was about going to be a COVID season, before we knew it was going to be expanded postseason, he talked about wanting to win. He talked about wanting to compete, uh, and you kind of laugh that off as you know what is he supposed to say? What is he supposed to 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 talk about here? Whenever you're looking at this season, and and, and we're sitting in January, and the season doesn't start until you know April, what is he supposed to say? Mm-hmm. Uh, but once we got into the season, and it helps only having a 60-game sprint and having the, the benefit of expanded playoffs, that's what he's truly done is he's tried to win every ball game. He, he's done his best at managing the bullpen, calling in guys in the high-leverage situation, waiting until they get in a in – a, in a save role, you know he, he's done the best he can to win every ball game. There's some lineup construction things that early on in the year in the year I didn't really agree with, but he fixed those. Uh, and he hasn't really nurtured anyone on this roster. Uh, if you if you're not producing, uh, you're not going to play. You're going to get moved down the order. He took a little bit longer with that with Mondesi, but he eventually got there with Mondesi and moved him down the order. Uh, so. Uh, you know, all, all around there are some frustrating things about him, but, but I like the fact that he's he said what he's going to do and he's actually followed through with that with trying to win. He just does not have the roster around him to win, but he's made the right calls, uh, especially with that bullpen, I think, uh, this season. They just don't always go your way because you don't have that good of a team.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, that's good to hear, to be quite honest with you, because one of his biggest downfalls in St. Louis was the management of the bullpen. Um, including a guy like Trevor Rosenthal who he he had on his team for two, three years. Um, And, you know, what I think, I don't know what your reaction was, but uh, whenever they first hired him, but I thought that I was the only one when I was scrolling through Twitter and the reactions to all of it, I was like the only one that was happy with that hire. I think uh, that Matheny can can get a bad rap sometimes because of the lack of success he had late in his career in St. Louis. You know, I think the Cardinals kept him uh, a year or two too long because he's Mike Matheny, he's a Cardinal great and all that good stuff. Um, uh, but I, I I don't know. I, I was happy for him, and then I'm also happy. Just again, talk about kind of I70 connections with, with Trevor Rosenthal. Seems to me that he's put his career kind of back on track with Kansas City.
0: Yeah, I mean he's 30 years old right now, and he's the hottest arm on the market. I mean, I mean you you hear reports of everyone wanting to buy uh, Rosenthal right now at the deadline. Even the Miami Marlins want him on their roster, so you can tell uh, what the what the bigger markets you need bullpen help. You look at Houston, you look at Chicago. Uh, they're going to probably be interested in him as well. So I think that there's no way he's on this roster come next Monday. Uh, but that's that's a good thing. I mean that's exactly what you wanted if you're Kansas City. If you're not going to compete, then a guy that you put a flyer on this offseason needs to produce that way you can flip him at the deadline for a prospect you weren't going to have otherwise. So he did his job for Kansas city and he's done a fantastic job in Kansas city uh, and they'll trade him and hopefully has great success, whatever team grabs him for a postseason push, but he's done fantastic in Kansas city. And that that goes back to spring training 1.0 back whenever we were in surprise Arizona, (laughs) he was, he was, lights out and I was I was cautiously optimistic and then it went into summer camp back at the K he was lights out and I was cautiously optimistic and then this season he's been very very good and I think that it's proven that with all the teams that are interested in him I think that over half the league is going to want to buy Trevor Rosenthal and I think that he's going to be dealt by Sunday
1: well I mean that, that's good to hear because Rosenthal was one of those guys that was good for a year or two for St. Louis you know three depending on what numbers you look at and one of those guys that, he's, for at least for me, I, I felt bad for him. He just seemed to have lost his control, lost his mo of his, you know, hundred mile an hour fastball, and it just, you know, seems to me that he lost his way for a bit. But glad to hear that he's back on track. So before we wrap up, I do want to mention a little bit about Wednesday's game, seven fifteen start, just like uh, tonight's game and last night's. Cardinals have Dakota Hudson on the, on the bump, sinker ball pitcher, really good slider, and eight and two thirds innings in his last two starts as he builds his arm strength after the layoff. He's only allowed one run. Um, He'll probably go more than, more than five innings today if his pitch count stays where it's supposed to be. Not a lot of experience with the Royal lineup against Hudson. You expect to see that with an injured division squad. But um, I like what Hudson brings to the table. He's an old-fashioned kind of, you know, sinker ball. He's going to get a lot of ground balls, He's going to get a lot of outs. Um, and you mentioned you think uh, Ian Kennedy will probably get the uh, opener start for the bullpen day on Kansas City.
0: Yeah, it's sounding more and more as if they're going to activate Jacob Junis on Wednesday, who's been on the IL. And the plan with Junis has always been to use an opener in front of him, and they've liked Kennedy in that role because Junis' numbers are just atrocious the third time through the order. So if you take away that third time through the order, you should have a really good start. So you start the opener with Ian Kennedy, uh, and, and I think that that's going to work out pretty well. Ian Kennedy had a good, a good start in him. You know, a couple. You know, this last weekend, he was fantastic in that opener role. So I think that that's how it's going to play out on Wednesday, if not just a traditional bullpen day. But the rumor right now is that it's going to be Junis gets activated on Wednesday and he starts behind Ian Kennedy.
1: Well, we'll see how that plays out, and we'll see how the rest of the series plays out. Starting tonight at 7:15. Well, that's all I got. Ryan, anything you want to add to this I-70 series? Nope, that's all I got too. Wonderful. Uh, My name is Lucas Smith. You can follow me on Twitter at ljfastball at L-O underscore Cardinals is the
0: Twitter handle. Rylan, where can we find you? You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Styles. It's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Wonderful.
1: And t- take a listen to Lockdown Royals um, daily podcast. And also, Rylan, you host Lockdown Thunder. So I'm sure you're having a good time with that in the postseason realm as well.
0: It's a lot more fun talking about a winning team in the postseason with Locked on Thunder right now. But, yes, I do host Locked on Thunder. It's a great time. Uh, so if you're a basketball fan and, and you're looking for a team to support, go ahead and support the Thunder and, and listen to Locked on Thunder.
1: Absolutely. And if you're another basketball team, Locked on Network has your podcast as well. So from Ryland Styles, I'm Lucas Smith. Thanks for listening today, ladies and gentlemen. Stay safe, stay well, have a great day.